Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. And in the Middle East, there's about 50 hostages getting ready to be released from the Gaza war. They're gonna come in a series of four days. The U.S. is at war with Iran now, and the Iron Beam is now being used for the first time to join the Iron Dome anti-missile system. An Israel Intel Unit 504 is now taking on a new role in the Middle East. Those stories and more, Messianic World Update begins now. Shalom everyone, I'm Monty Judah with Lionel Land Ministries. Welcome to another edition of Messianic World Update. Today's date is Wednesday, November 22nd of the year 2023. We're coming to you two days earlier because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Let me wish you a happy Thanksgiving for this weekend. In the news today, the most significant thing is there's now word that there's going to be some hostages released. Apparently the negotiations have taken place involving the US, Egypt, Qatar, and Israel along with Hamas to try to get some of the hostages out. At the moment, the decision has been made by the War Cabinet to agree to an exchange of approximately 50 or possibly more Israeli hostages in exchange for 150 Palestinians. Now let me give you a little more detail with regard to that. They're going to start this tomorrow on Thanksgiving Day. It will be 12 to 13 hostages each day for the next four days. And Israel will then be turning over some hostages they have that they've been holding. And those 150 Palestinians we're talking about are women and teenagers that were in Israel at the time the October 7th event took place. They have approximately 300 Palestinians in custody, but they're going to release about 150 of them in exchange for 50 hostages. We believe these hostages primarily are going to be women and small children. That's of the greatest concern around the world and particularly within Israel to get the children out of there. However, there's a little bit of a snag and I need to explain the problem. This is a negotiation with Hamas there is still the Palestinian Islamic Jihad organization inside Gaza, and we believe they have some hostages as well. This negotiation is not with them. So don't get the idea that Hamas is like in charge of everything. There's two terrorist organizations in there, and there's two groups of hostages. We'll just have to see which of the hostages are going to be released, but there's great anticipation at the moment to get some of them out. Now, what is this going to accomplish by having a four-day release, a ceasefire pause, if you will, and be able to get some hostages out? Well, one, I think it's going to take the wind out of the sails of all the people who've been arguing in the protest for a ceasefire and the urge within Israel to get some hostages out. Tremendous pressure has been put against Netanyahu and the government in Israel by Israeli citizens to get those children out of there. So we're gonna answer that, we're gonna take care of some of that. But the, the question is, what about the other hostages? What, what are we gonna do about that? Well, interestingly enough, there is an agreement now, and nobody thinks it's gonna happen, but let me go ahead and tell you what it is, that after the four days, 
if the terrorists continue to release at least 10 hostages every day, Israel will maintain the ceasefire. Now, also, this is kind of a twist on this, Hezbollah up in the north has agreed they too will honor the ceasefire that's going on down in Gaza. By the way, that shows you how strongly connected Hezbollah is to Hamas, that they would get Hezbollah to agree to a ceasefire, a pause, if you will, in the same time frame. But it does allow Hamas to regroup, regather, move some of their forces that may have been constrained in movements because of the IDF operations, and it will give Hamas an opportunity to reestablish itself to a certain degree. The IDF has said emphatically that once the exchange takes place, once the ceasefire pause stops, they will be about the business of killing Hamas. If they allow any more people back into Gaza, they are going to be subject to the same Hamas thing that's going on. Let me shift gears just a little bit. The U.S. is now clearly in a war with Iran, but refuses to say so. As you've heard, there has been Iranian proxy units in Iraq and Syria attacking U.S. forces in those areas. Those special forces are there to maintain and make sure that ISIS doesn't pop up again and other Islamic terrorists don't pop up. And so they've become standing targets for Iranian proxy units to attack at will. More than 60 attacks have taken place. Several soldiers have been wounded in this process in the U.S. in hopes to not expand the war in the Middle East, refuses to really retaliate effectively against Iran in this effort. Instead, they go over and hit warehouses and they hit other places. Maybe a few people are wounded or injured in the process. In fact, the most recent one, there was a couple of strikes there in Iraq and Syria, and there were some Iranian proxy units that were killed in the process. What is Iran's strategy in doing that? Why are they making these harassing attacks on the U.S.? Well, you see, we did something back a couple of years ago when Joe Biden decided we don't want to be in Afghanistan anymore. He watched Joe Biden pull all U.S. forces out of Afghanistan in a great big hurry to the chagrin and harm of us and everybody else, leaving all kinds of equipment behind. And Iran thinks that Joe Biden will do the same thing leaving Syria and Iraq. All you have to do is harass him enough times and the U.S. will pull up stakes and get out of the Middle East. And that is exactly what Iran wants. They want the U.S. out of the Middle East so that they can continue their efforts to control the Middle East and influence other nations in their direction. It's obvious what the strategy is here. Gee, you know, I should get a consulting job in the National Security Council for the president. I could tell them all this stuff, so maybe they could change their tactics just a little bit and how to deal with this. Of course, my recommendation would be nail Iran. They're the guys causing all the trouble with Hezbollah, with Hamas, and the Hutu rebels. They're the source of all kinds of problems, and they're the ones that are hell-bent on attacking U.S. and U.S. interests, including Israel. I can tell you the battle strategy plan to put Iran back on their heels in a great big hurry, and we'll probably not put that many U.S. forces at risk. You know, let's use some of that big, high-expensive weaponry that we've paid for with our taxpayer dollars and have it do something for us, maybe. Of course, I'm not 
I haven't filled out my application for the National Security Council. I'm not sure they're going to call me. But in any case, you know, for you folks that are praying to God and asking for some sanity to come into the world, you, you at least understand kind of what some of the problems are. Okay, so moving past the U.S., the Iranian strategy very clearly has been broken to a certain extent by what Israel and the IDF has done. Hamas is spent. They are on their heels. They're in trouble. And the West Bank elements that Hamas has been working with, they're in trouble too. The, the IDF has been successful in attacking and taking out the strongholds, and there's no question the IDF is going to take the leadership of Hamas out. That breaks the connection to Iran. It no longer can Hamas be an operative for Iran or the other Islamic Jihad terrorists that are in the West Bank. They can't take them out as well. By the way, did I mention that in this hostage negotiation, it is with Hamas, it is not with Islamic Jihad. Islamic Jihad is still in the Gaza area. They still have hostages as well. This agreement is not full and complete with regard to them. And it would be in the interest of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad to break the ceasefire. We would get the negotiation going and then have the heartbreak of not being able to complete it. That would be definitely in their interest. So we have to be very cautious about whether or not this whole thing is going to come off or not. And in fact, I'm very skeptical. And I think the government of Israel is equally skeptical about whether or not we really can pull it off. So at the moment, we're going to do our best to see what's going on. Hezbollah in the north, as part of the Iranian strategy, is just waiting for Iran to give the green light to them. And I think that, that if, if Iran is really going to pull the trigger on the northern campaign into Israel, they would have to do it also in conjunction with their proxy units that are in Iraq and Syria. They would also have to fire some of their long-range missiles out of Iran into Israel. It would have to be a full campaign on their part. I think the U.S. would have to step to the side if that were to take place, unless they themselves were being attacked, and Israel would be hard-pressed if that takes place. Now, is Iran going to do that? Well, at the moment, that's a good question. There are arguments that could be made for Iran to expand the war, and there are arguments for them to hold off. Probably one of the key factors in that, does Iran have that nuclear weapon yet? The belief is that they have one. And if they thought they could come up with a scheme in which they could deliver that weapon to Israel and not get shot down or get stopped by Israel, I think they would be thinking about doing it. So that's the real question. Does Iran have that weapon and do they have a way to deliver it? to Israel. We'll just have to wait and see, but we're approaching the days when that's going to be a very difficult question and decision have to be made by them as well as by Israel. On the new weapon technology, the iron beam, the new laser-guided weapon that shoots down rockets and missiles and mortars, for the first time has been used down in southern Israel with a shot down, a successfully shot down a rocket that was fired out of Gaza. And I can tell you right now, that program that was scheduled to deliver those systems in 2025, it is on full speed alert right now. They are trying to build those things as fast as they can. The reason why is because while Iron Dome does a great job, 
shooting down more than 90% of the rockets and missiles they go after. The fact of the matter is they can't reload them fast enough compared to the number of rockets that can be fired by, for example, Hezbollah in the north. Basically, Israel can handle up to about 3,000 to 4,000 rockets a day, but when you get up into 5,000 a day, it's more rockets coming in than they can use. So Iron Beam, this laser weapon, is a rapid fire weapon. By the way, it's far less expensive to use that compared to Iron Dome missiles. And so Israel is in a crash program trying to build those just as fast as they can. At the moment, the first one has been successful in shooting down a rocket out of Gaza. Let me tell you about another unit, and this is now coming out in the news. It's called Unit 504. It's a military intelligence unit that's now being shared with us by Israel's IDF. If you go and look at Israeli intelligence, there's two major organizations. There's Mossad, and Mossad is the worldwide Israeli intelligence organization. They tend to focus on what is Iran doing. So whenever you hear about Israeli intelligence, anything to do with, with Iran, you're probably talking about Mossad. But if you're talking about Israel's intelligence unit that has to do with Gaza and terrorists in Gaza and the West Bank, we're talking about an organization called Shin Bet. And they deal with the internal elements of security for Israel. But now, as a result of the war, we have a new intelligence unit that has come out. It's always been there. It was a military intelligence unit called Unit 504. And they have come to the forefront here recently as a result of the Gaza war. Let me tell you a little bit about them. They're the guys that interrogate Palestinian prisoners and terrorists they capture. They're the guys putting the intelligence together of all the tunnels that are down in Gaza. They're the guys that do all the intelligence work to be able to find where the booby traps are at and what kind of booby traps are they using. And they're also the guys working on hostage locations down in Gaza. They have become an extremely important intelligence unit within the government of Israel. And all three are now taking a prominent role in what we're hearing out of the Middle East with regard to dealing with Gaza, Hezbollah, and Iran. In closing, I'd like to share two anecdotal stories that have come out. Whenever Israel gets into a war, you keep hearing about these interesting stories, things that happen in warfare that to a spiritual person like us, we have to go, wait a minute, I think maybe God was involved here. Let me share just two of them that have come out here recently. These aren't all of them, but I thought I'd share two of them with you. There's a, a report now of an IDF soldier that was moving into a, a new piece of ground in Gaza. The IDF hadn't been in there yet, and he's making his way forward cautiously. And of course, the thing he's avoiding, trying to avoid, is any booba traps that have been set up. And so he's very carefully, you know, head is on a swivel, looking for everything, see if anybody's going to pop up, or if he can see anything that would look like a booby trap. Well, as he's moving forward, he stops for a moment, and he stops because all of a sudden he sees a dove, a bird. You know, this bird is flying around, and the dove lands right in front of him. Only the dove is apparently sitting in the air, and the dove landed on the tripwire of a booby trap. 
And because the dove is sitting there in the air, not flying, he noticed and he suddenly realized, oh, that's a tripwire. So he was able to back up and this dove saved his life. Whereas I recall, I think in the Bible, I've heard about God using doves at various times to land on, around people and indicate certain spiritual things. I thought that was an interesting story. But let me give you this latest one. Up in the Gaza Strip, in an area where they pretty much have cleared out the Hamas terrorists, there's still these underground tunnels where they pop up every once in a while. But they're in that ground, and there's four IDF soldiers that take a sit-down, and they have an opportunity to take a break. So they're sitting around, and they decide to clean their weapons. They pull the clips out, and they want to get the dirt out of their weapon, make sure the weapon will fire correctly and all that. You know what happens when you get a weapon on your lap and you pull the clip out and you forget there's a round in the chamber. And sure enough, this IDF soldier forgot there's a round in the chamber and he, he sets the gun off. He fires the gun. Now, thank goodness the round did not fly out and hit one of his fellow guys that was there with him. Instead, it flew off at that moment and nailed Hamas terrorists that had just popped up with an RPG, was going to kill all four of them, and the misfire on the gun took out the Hamas terrorists. They are saying basically the odds of this are something like one in 400,000 million whatever that, that do that. But I don't think it was coincidence. I think maybe the God of Israel knows what's going on in Gaza, and I think he's involved with the IDF soldiers. Sadly, though, we have now lost 69 IDF soldiers in this campaign. Most recently, there were seven killed by friendly fire. It wasn't the terrorists that got them, it was friendly fire. And those kinds of things happen in warfare, sadly. So with all that news, you guys have a great weekend. Have a great uh, Thanksgiving. Shabbat Shalom for the whole weekend. And we'll see you next week. Shabbat Shalom.